This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The question of whether we should be going into a lockdown, particularly um, when what seems to be by all uh, from all indications are that. Uh, a third wave of this COVID-19 virus is imminent or inevitable. Statistical analysis by researchers at the Nelson Mandela University have indicated that the third COVID-19 wave could impact the two big Eastern uh, Cape metropolitans uh, of Nelson Mandela Bay and Buffalo City by the end of March or the beginning of April. Uh, in a in an article that appeared in the Sunday Times this Sunday, this past Sunday, Professor Aswindeni Mronga and Darrell van Grienen, um said that uh, the they are confident of the prediction as it is based on a range of local and regional data on a year on a year of national modelling. Let's speak to Professor Mronga. Joins us on the line, Executive Dean of Faculty of Science at Nelson Mandela University. Uh, Professor Mronga, good morning and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, morning, Tavis, and morning to your listeners. Um, let's uh, get an understanding of uh, what the modeling is based on and what informs um, the, the modeling that has allowed you to reach these conclusions. Uh, yes, uh, thank you very much. So we have been following uh, COVID-19 uh, uh, since the outbreak in South Africa last year, and we have been modeling it on a daily basis, following it. And uh, since the outbreak and the first case in, on, on, on the 5th of March last year, now it is almost a year. And we have this data in front of us and we have been looking as to how it has been behaving and in particular how it has been responding to uh, various measures by the government uh, in terms of the lockdown. And we have been following this particular number that is, that is used uh, all over the world to to see uh, uh, the spread of the of, of the virus, which is the R zero, mm-hmm. which is the reproduction number in particular. Meaning, you can see how many people one person is uh, infecting, and we have been also been looking very closely to the South African data and also province by province uh, as well. Uh, initially last year, we have been focusing much on the Western Cape as the driver of, of the national trends. And we know now that the, the second wave uh, has been driven by the Eastern Cape uh, 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 province. But in, in, in addition to that, we have also looked at what is uh, uh, supplied, uh, which is the South African excess death rate. And when we compare the two, the death rate due to COVID and the death rate due, which is excess that is supplied in South Africa, we find out that these this two waves, the first wave and the second wave, have been mm. ticking around mm. the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what of the... I mean, I know that uh, you, obviously you are looking at the Eastern Cape. Uh, you are saying that uh, um, this uh, second or third wave will impact the two uh, metros in the Eastern Cape, the, the, metro, the, the, the Nelson Mandela Bay and Buffalo City. Is there something that's peculiar or unique uh, about these two metros, particularly that uh, makes them susceptible to, um, you know, to yet another outbreak? 
uh, uh, from from the modeling, it's it's uh, we we have seen the the trends of 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 the the first wave in these two metros, the first two waves, how they uh, they they started to to develop, and we are seeing the same trend. You you see when when you model the way we model, mm. we model in such a way that given the perfect ideal situation, mm-hmm. given that everyone behaves, we know that eventually. Uh, 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 the virus will will die out, mm-hmm. and that's how you model. But then, when you do that modeling, and you see that at some point, like now, for the past few weeks and months, uh, 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 it was dying out, and we're starting to see in these two metros that the data is deviating from from the model already. And these are the indications that we saw in the first two waves. And we are seeing that in, in, in terms of the data as to what is what is causing this in these two metros, uh, uh, one has to go out of the data and start mm. to look at the behavior of, 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 of the people in these two metros and look at also the social dynamics in these two metros. And this is what is not included in the model. And the deviation of the data can tell us more about that if one zoom in and starts to look into these two metros. What is your modeling telling you? And, and, wonder whether, and I do wonder whether you have extended it as far as looking at the national um, picture. Yes. Uh, 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 remember, we, we, we are looking throughout the year and, uh, and, uh, and uh, in the beginning, Eastern Cape was quiet. Uh, it has got no data uh, that we could model. So we have been modeling the Western Cape and the National. And the data is telling us the following, that the second wave was really driven by the Eastern Cape. Mm-hmm. We know the first wave was driven by the Western Cape. And now we are starting to see that actually if you look at the, the country's trend, um, even in modeling and in data, it is driven so much now by the the, the, the Western Cape. It's mm-hmm. driving. It is the one that started the deviation uh, from 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 the decline in in, in 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 the second wave. The second wave was dying out, but uh, Western Cape started to to deviate from from the data, and that is the the one that we are watching very closely, because if it is, it will be telling us the lessons of the first wave, and which means we might have to really say we need to concentrate on those, what I will call from the data, the hot spots where the data starts to deviate, like the Western Cape. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Professor Azundini uh, Moronga. We will certainly be, well, I think uh, we all should heed um, those uh, alerts and those warnings and uh, start to adjust uh, our, and I mean, I would imagine, by the way, before I do let you go, that uh, an adjustment in behavior could actually avoid what seems an inevitability at this stage. Would that be accurate? Yes, I think, I think one thing that we have been calling for is that it will be better to invest in the awareness mm. rather than to go and invest in PPEs and equipment when it's too late. It is very important that we, 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 we send out the message that this virus is not yet tired. It, it's still much out there. And when I walk around, when I go into the shops, the sanitizers are left alone there and people are just walking, which means they're walking with the virus and going to touch everything that mm. is there. And we have to go back to when we were very much vigilant before yes. wave yeah. one hit us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Professor Moronga. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
Professor Aswindine Moronga is the Executive Dean of the Faculty of Science at Nelson Mandela University. It can be avoided. You know, we don't have to wait until we are in the middle of it. So then to start adjusting our behavior uh, when we are now going into lockdown. Just the vigilance that you've been exercising, you know, social distancing, um, the hygiene practices, you know, the masks. Just keep up with that. Then you don't really have to worry about it, you know, because even in the middle of uh, uh, whatever wave or at the peak of any wave, if you still exercise the cautionary measures, you should be fine. So it can be avoided or the worst effects of this uh, um, of another outbreak or another wave can be, uh, you know, can be dealt with or can be mitigated if we just adjust behavior. Let's take a quick take a caller uh, on the line from Alex Jethro. Good morning. My brother, who's it? Sure, how about you? I'm a friend of Chan. Mm. Naki, one of those, or support correct either I go to level two or three of Mm-hmm. The behavior about to, you know, over the weekend, I went to funeral in Kumabupan, Uchak. People, they forget COVID is still here. Mm-hmm. We don't want to get ourselves more a hard lockdown. Mm-hmm. We better at least, like, like now, yeah, the problem, yeah, yeah people are definitely, uh, I think, they th- as you say, they think COVID is gone, you know. No, and it's not here, my brother. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no absolutely. No. So, no, all right. We have to go back. Okay, so Jethro says he supports going into a harder lo- lockdown and, uh, you know, saying that people are not adjusting their behavior. And I think you'll hear... Uh, that being echoed by a lot of people, especially, especially Gokas, you know, uh, where people just say, ah, no, I'm sorry, don't I lock down? No, we've been on level one for a very long time, you know. So it's, I guess, government has to do what government has to do, which is put the regulations in place. Because government can't be seen to say, Go out there and do your thing, you know, and good luck to you. They can't do that, you know, because uh, they could face a massive backlash and even lawsuits to say that you should have been putting in measures in place. However, if people choose to, because again, you can't police people's behavior. You're not going to put a cop on every street corner to police how people conduct themselves. So if ultimately government can only do so much, it uh, the responsibility, as they keep telling us, ultimately is in our hands. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.